The following podcast is brought to you by Astro Panda Productions. For more information or to find other great shows, visit astropandaproductions.com or visit the Astro Panda Productions page on blogtalkradio.com. Geekish Cast, episode number 170, The Return of Bobby Blaze Smedley. Hey everybody, so uh, you'll notice during this episode I'm a little soft of palate and kind of slurry. The morning this was recorded, which was December 3rd, uh, my wife and I had gone to brunch with some friends where multiple bottles of champagne had been enjoyed. I took several hour nap, got up, did some things about the house, and recorded this interview with Bobby, had a great time. But now upon listening to it, I realize I was um, still probably not capable of driving. And uh, even though I enjoyed the interview and enjoyed doing it, and I think I stay on topic, probably too slurry to actually have done this. So I'm going to go ahead and play this with a minimum of outtakes and edits, just so I hope my original intent comes across. But please accept my apologies for my mush-mouthedness. Hey everybody, this is your host Jeremy. Thank you for joining us this week. A couple weeks back, we had Bobby Blaze Smedley join us to talk about his wrestling career and authoring career. This week, we are going to have him back to talk specifically about what an independent author can do to find or help people find their books on the internet. But right now, let me introduce Bobby Blaze Smedley. How you doing, Bobby? Hey, Jeremy. Thanks. Thanks for having me back on the podcast, and I'm doing great. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for coming back. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, especially right around the holidays. I know it's real hard to schedule things right now, so it's awesome of you to take the time to do it. Thank you. Yeah, well, that's just, uh, you know, part of the holidays and it's part of out um, doing what you do, you know. So we're going to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, let me ask you real quick. So back in the olden days, Thanksgiving and Christmas were a big time for pro wrestlers. That's kind of fallen off. Um, how do you celebrate? How do you, Bobby Blaze, celebrate the holiday season now? Usually drinking. Awesome. <laughs> no, uh, that, is a, that is a straight answer, but uh, you're right. Back in the old days, you know, wrestling, pro wrestling on Thanksgiving night and, um, I worked all kinds of Thanksgivings through years, and then Christmas and Christmas night was, you know, always spectacular shows. But, but yeah, now I just, um, I, I just get through the tag on holidays, to be honest with you, and um, I'm happy that I'm um, able to do that. So, um, that that's just an honest answer, I guess, is drink. <laughs> oh sure, you know, and it's a fair answer, and it's a real answer, and we always appreciate that. Well, you know, real quick here, you have two full books out on Amazon. You have uh, Pin Me, Pay Me, which I actually created a link. It's tinyurl.com slash blazebook1. You also have I Kicked Out on Two, which I created a uh, link for at tinyurl.com blazebook2. So tell us oh, real no, quick about... that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Tell us real quick about what both books are about. Okay, well, Pin Me, Pay Me... Um... <clears throat> 
Then Me, Pay Me, Have Boost with Travel is basically my first book. It's a memoir about just me being on the road. Um, the Have Boost for Travel part just kind of is just where I traveled for almost 15 years, you know, full-time in the wrestling industry. Um, the Pay Me, Pay Me basically means what it says. Like, you know, it's the whole business and the whole industry, you know, is um, – uh, just a, a work or, or, you know, for inter- entertainment, even though I hate the word sports entertainment, I love the word, you know, pro wrestling. Um, it's just about my professional wrestling career in the, the world of sports entertainment, if you will. Um, the, the, I, that's more about every country I've visited, um, stories from the road, um, just different things that I've, uh, little lessons I've learned um, to pass on to other guys. Uh, it's actually got a lot about life lessons as well. Uh, I kicked out on two is also um, the education of a wrestler. That's my second book that just came out this past October, and that's that's a little bit more about um, some road stories, but also it's um, some more life lessons. Uh, it has a lot to do with uh, what's going on in my life outside of professional wrestling. Now, um, again, it's it's both books are um, uh, really deal with just life itself. Um, I keep positive spin on both in both books. I don't don't spread uh, talk trash about anyone. I don't try to dish anyone. I don't talk about you know what certain things that you know I may have seen or heard and stuff like that. I don't you know pitch uh, uh, you know just don't talk don't trash talk anyone really. Kept them both pretty positive and um, got a pretty good response from both of them. Although pin me pay me is is by far you know uh, is my is my seller. That's the one I sell the most of. Yeah, that's the one I read. I actually still need to buy your second book this uh, this year, but I'm going to buy it directly from you so I can get it autographed. So yeah, that's, I'm, that's I'll part take of my care plan. of it. We'll talk offline. How's that? It sounds great. Um, so, you know, it, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because my wife has actually written a couple books and sold them directly through Amazon and other independent means. Like when we get a table to comic show, she'll come and sell them. Um, one is about our our child who we lost a few years to a drug overdose in the last year of her life. But uh, the other one is a bagel cookbook. So that's kind of the interesting thing about storytelling. There's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but one of the things that I'm always interested in is like, oh, I got a dog screaming in the hallway. Um, <laughs> forgive that, everybody. So, Bobby, when you decide you're going to write a book, and I know that you – you have a master's degree in communication, so you're somebody who can can tell a story. Let's talk a little bit about when you were first getting into you're going to write a book and the technicalities of writing a book and putting it up on Amazon. What were the challenges that you ran into that you had to learn and things you can help other people who want to write a book? What can you inform them about if we talk real quickly about it? Um, well, you know, honestly, when I first started writing the book and looking into it on the Internet, um, things had changed. I, I actually started looking into the book, the uh, uh, possibility of writing one in around 2009. I didn't get mine finished, and I didn't start it then, but I, um, I started in about 2011. And things had already changed in that two-year period within the uh, with Amazon and Kindles and, and the Nooks and the, the readers. You know, things had changed uh, rather rapidly through um, uh, create space and other uh, avenues you can take to, to become self-published. And so by the time mine came out in 2013, the first one, um, of course, you have to go through someone that can, you know, um, I like I had someone help me edit the book. Um, 
you know, you have to find uh, someone to do your cover for you. You know, all those those things that seem so – that you don't think about when you're just writing a story. But as far as the um, – uh, I just typed my all up at work, and uh, I had someone that was able to format it for me, and I was sending them email after email. And, um, you know, I just um, – I'm going to give you the dumb answer, and that is, you know, I'm thankful that I, I, I typed it all up in Word. I sent it off um, and kept having someone go over it a couple times um, to two different people that kind of edited it along the way, and then one of them could format it and get it put on to, uh, through CreateSpace, through, through Amazon for me. And, um, you know, that's, that's the thing. Uh, I just helped a gentleman. He's 72 years old. He published through a, a publisher and paid him like $3,500 up front. Um, and his book was just released um, about three weeks ago, actually. It's about uh, the Vietnam War he was in and, and some poems from that. But not to go off subject, but I was getting at is, is there's a lot of companies out there um, that the, the industry, the self-published industry, had changed so much from the time I first started looking into publishing my book until when it was published. And I think that's what a lot of authors are starting to realize is that, you know, um, if you have the right, if you have, if you have an idea, uh, the best thing I do is tell you is write, you know, write every day if you can and keep track of your, your notes and, and add to it and those type of things. Because, you know, there, I know when I first looked, I thought, well, I'll invest $2,000 into this because I looked at a couple of companies that was 2000 uh, like $2,800 or maybe $3,500 for the grand package where they mail you all of 10 books when you're done and they, they do all the, uh, you know, editing and the, uh, 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 let's see, what am I looking for the word here? Formatting and stuff like that. So I knew someone that could do the formatting. I knew someone could do the cover. Um, I paid along the way and got my done for a lot less than that and didn't go through a major company because at that point, I realized that great space was the way to go for me to become a self-published author, you know. Sure. That's, and that's the short of it. Well, and one of the things I, I try to be aware of and tell people that I talk to is that there's there's legitimate, like, help help us help you get published. And there there's the old vanity press people who, like, are shovel a whole bunch of money our way and will ship you unsold books. And that's one yes. of the things, yeah, that's one of the things I want to try to help people to be aware of is that there are ways to spend money as a self-published author that are good, and there are yes. others that aren't. Did you run into any situations where you saw where people could get defrauded or uh, where somebody could lose money trying to publish your book, or was it mostly a positive avenue for you? No, you know, I, I, I really... I looked into it and I kept running into to exactly almost like exactly what you said. It, actually, as as late as um, last uh, July, I guess it was, when I started helping this other gentleman um, doing his book, I um, like I said, he paid up front um, for a publisher, mm -hmm. and I tried to tell him, you know, I didn't have nearly that much into my book because I was aware of I had a. Someone out of Pittsburgh, um, I honestly cannot think of the name of the company, but it was in Pennsylvania nonetheless, and, and they wanted to, you know, um, those basically send me a bunch of books, and, and they'd probably sit here, you know, that was one of those deals. Um, but I looked at things where, um, I don't know, we'll say they had like a, these goofy names like Pearl and 
diamond and gold or something. And the more money you put into it, the more books you've got done once you send it to their company, your manuscript, you know. So I didn't want to come into, you know, um, like I said, I, I knew how to write I, for the most part, uh, you know, uh, every I can't spell worth a lick. But I got through, you know, a spell check, et cetera, and, and, and double-checked myself and through editing and things. But, yeah, uh, you have to be careful out there because that's what I try to warn this man about. But he was – you have to look at where you're at from from a financial standpoint, for one. And, two, you know, I looked at this gentleman's – his age, he really wanted his book published. Um, and and he, he went through a, uh, a company um, – and, you know, they sent him 10 books once it was done. Now he has to buy these books. They sell for fifteen ninety five, And, um, you know, he has to buy so many. And they're like 8 bucks each, and then he can resell them. And I'm like, you know, he, I, again, someone that's younger, um, someone that's uh, more computer savvy and, and can do some formatting on their own, have someone that can do their own editing. I edited most of his book before I even sent it into the company. Um, you know, things like that. Um, you know, I, I really feel like, you know, he, he probably got taken because I don't know if he'll make $3,500 back off the book. But then again, he might. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I find a tendency in, in the world of um, being a published author, if you will, that there's a lot of people that are willing to help each other. Other authors, like authors helping authors. And I know, I don't want to jump ahead, but I know there's like a hashtag AHA. Um, you know, authors helping authors on Twitter and uh, some other things you can do. But um, I've had a real positive experience with a lot of other authors that I've met online, to be honest with you. You know, and that's one of the things I kind of want to focus on before we talk about that, that specific hashtag. Yeah. Um, I, think I didn't want to jump ahead by trying no, no, to answer no. the question. I, well, yeah. that, that was kind of going the direction I wanted to talk about because you and I, I think, have – uh, with the Potter and family hashtag, but you know, every Friday I throw up a Friday follow. And since you and I have met, you usually, uh, where I think every time have retweeted it and followed the same people I follow. So, uh, Twitter, I think has been very helpful for independent creators. H have you found that to be a case? That is probably my number one source to use is Twitter. And a resource, I should say, I guess. Uh, social media is good. Um, if you use it, it depends on how you use it, obviously. I'm not a huge fan of Facebook. Everyone gets too personal on there and, and this and that. And I'm not trying to trash Facebook because I do have an account. But on Twitter, what I found, that's where I found the um, the authors helping authors and also the, the importance of, um, and I can't emphasize this enough, if you want a large platform, Here's the thing. Twitter will give you – you could hit so many because of the retweets that you mm -hmm. get when you follow a lot of same people. And the best way you can help a fellow author out is, 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 is if someone has a pinned tweet, if you put that on top of your page, that's the first tweet they'll see if they – and you put your book right there. So um, – or you put your podcast there or your, your sporting event or musical uh, concert that's coming up or whatever it is that you're trying to promote. You put that as your pinned tweet. You follow back Fridays or – or those type of things, uh, follow uh, each other. Um, retweet for all those people, especially if they have a pinned tweet, because, you know, someone may not be a wrestling fan, but they they say, well, you know, I read this book, and it has, uh, like, Pin Me, Pay Me, it has a lot more to do about life than just wrestling, where he tells some funny stories about wrestling. You don't have to be a wrestling fan to appreciate it. So 
um, and I might see something that's in the, um, I, I don't know, anything from horror to uh, to uh, erotica to, to pottery or, you know, to whatever, something I may not normally know about or not, you know, not necessarily purchased, rather, I should say, not necessarily not know about, but it, but it gives me an incentive to say, you know what, I mean, I downloaded a book earlier today. Um, it was about pro wrestling, and I had been waiting to, for this book to be released, and I finally got around to getting it because it was released a couple of weeks ago. But um, it's one of the things that, you know, on Twitter, if you're waiting for a large uh, – you need a large platform because if you're waiting, unless you're a bestseller, um, you know, to get on that front page of Amazon, if you're waiting for Amazon to go out there and start promoting your book for you, you might as well just, you know, go out and play in traffic or something. It's not going to happen. And then the same thing with Google. When you when you put when your book title is not when you search it, you know, and of course it'll build your catch once you put it in there. But after that, um, you know, it's not just going to uh, when you type in that title every time, it's not going to be on that front page. You know, if you expect Google to sit there and promote it for you, because we have to self-promote. And Twitter, I found, and of course Instagram helps too, and Facebook, social media in general. Um, I'm sure there's others that use, you know, LinkedIn and things like that. My number one that I go to is Twitter because, again, um, that follow back feature, the retweet feature, which is again just Twitter itself, and 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 helping other authors out because um, you're you're getting a broader spectrum, a larger um, audience platform, if you will. That you know, I'm not saying you're going to sell a million books. You might sell one book, but it, it might be someone that, that didn't know who you were, or just um, uh, said, you know, well, okay, I see this pin tweet, and he's an, uh, he's writing about professional wrestling or about life or or what have you. And I go to someone else's and start following them, and I realize, oh man, this person's pretty cool to follow. And then you start looking into, oh, they write this kind of a book or what have you, and, and you and you purchase one. And I always try to set back a monthly budget. That's another thing people can do to help each other out, too, is set you a budget, whether it's, you know, $15 or, you know, if it's $5 a month or something, you know, download someone else's book every once in a while. Um, again, I don't want to jump ahead, but that's that's one of the keys to, uh, to self-promoting is, is you know, hey, um, I've bought I've, when I had just one book, you know, for, for $4.99 uh, $4 on, on, uh, on Amazon, you know, I'd buy someone maybe they had a couple of two ninety nine books, you know, and or a couple of dollar ninety nine books. I'd buy them, read them, leave a review, um, and that's very important getting those reviews. Um, and again, all that's been done through Twitter. And I'm not saying that's the only answer out there. I'm just saying that that's my number way, number one way of going about finding and putting my platform out there to grow my following. And, and, and get my tribe, so to say, my base. You know, like you said, the people you put together on that Follow Friday, um, you know, that, that that's the people you want. Same thing with the podcast industry. Get everyone that anyone listening that does podcasts, you know, uh, follow each other and retweet for each other. That's the only way you're going to keep your word out there. Otherwise, you know, Google and Amazon and, and whatever else you may use, they're not going to put you right out there unless you're, you know, up in the top number, you know, one through five or ten or so or something before they put you on that front page, you know. Sure. And that's actually, that's that's something I try to do, and we can talk about this real quick. I try to be what I call a promoter. I, I try to find things and always, like, post on my Facebook, my Twitter, even if it's something small. It's just like I try to help people promote their work, and my thought behind that is if I'm positive and proactive and helping people get the word out about their stuff. Well, kind of like you and I. Like, I, I, you know, throw out your stuff, you throw out mine. 
but I've also seen where you now promote stuff who follow people who follow me. You promote their stuff now because we're all networked together. Absolutely. That's the, that's it. That's, that's the key word right there is networking. And that's what you have to use on social media. That's what you should do. And, and I try to, I've, I've been part of another little tribe, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, with the gentleman out of Houston and, um, on that end of it, that's where I kind of learned a little bit. He's somewhat of a uh, Twitter guru, if you will. But I learned that, you know, okay, so so I, you retweet my book, and I and I go in there and I, I go to the geekish cast and I say thank you. Well, I really haven't done anything for you except for said thank you, which is kind. But the best thing I can do is find something that you're promoting and and retweet that for you, whether it be a book, the podcast, or or a recipe, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, um, you try to you try to promote that for that person. Uh, that's what we are. We're all self-promoters because we're self-publishers. Um, and like I said, there's your platform. And therefore, if, if I or you retweet for each other, and we retweet, I don't want to put it this way. The, the best thing to do is to retweet someone else's, whatever they're trying to, you pay it forward, if you will, I put a hashtag, pay it forward, or retweet it, or whatever. For I'm not going to put your lunch on there because I don't want you retweeting mine because I don't post pictures of my lunch usually. But yeah. uh, that does me no good. It does you no good if I put, you know, oh, there's a cute picture of you petting your dog. You know, that that's that's all fine and dandy, but it doesn't do anything for your podcast. You know, so if I see a post about or a, a tweet about your podcast, obviously that's the one I want to find. And I want to retweet it because it's it's networking, and hopefully someone in my network and your network sees it and says, "Oh, hey man, Jeremy put this up. I'll put this up. Oh, he retweeted my book one day. I need to retweet his." And that's the best way to thank someone, and and the best way to thank yourself, honestly, is just pay it forward because um, I believe in what you throw out there in the world, man, comes back to you. So you know, with that said, that's that's kind of like we retweet. You throw that out there to the world. Hey, you know, check this guy's podcast out. Check this girl's book out. Um, and and you know, some people go through it and then they just like or retweet or whatever. But somewhere out there, it's out there. So along the lines, you're taking a numbers game, and they're going to look. Oh, okay, here's a book about wrestling. Something I'm really interested in. Or here's a book about knitting or play or you know, um, whatever it may be. It's just. Um, pretty simple formula but you gotta re, you gotta uh, reduplicate it by retweeting i guess yeah and and part of what i want to also talk about is like sometimes like a friend of mine does comics that i wouldn't normally read and it's okay to run into people who aren't into what you're into but um it's it's helpful if if there's nothing morally obligating you to not share it to get out there and share is kind of what i'm taking from what you're saying as well Yes, absolutely. I, I do that. There, there may be, a, uh, I follow a, actually a guy that lives over in England that does some, uh, some work for, um, I want to say DC comics. It may be Marvel, but I think it's DC. Um, he does some color work for him and I've met him through there. And some of the stuff that he self publishes, not necessarily things I'd be interested in in a comic world, but I still retweet for him, you know, because even though he's a wrestling fan, he can only buy one of you know he can buy my books, which is fine. But but even if he doesn't you know buy a book, I'm still gonna retweet his comics, although that might not be my genre that I'm into. If that makes any sense, 
Oh, but sure. I'm still going to promote him. That I think is what we're both trying to say the same thing. Um, I think you're just wording it more eloquently than I am. <laughs> oh, I doubt I'm, I'm being that eloquent, but um, yeah, that's kind of kind of my thing. It's like as independent creators, and um, you know, I have a podcast. It's not that artistic, but I do macaroni sculpture. So, as an artist. I want to say that all artists should be able to find a way to help each other promote their works if there's nothing morally or legally disgusting about what they're doing. Right. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. And that's actually part of what I find fun and interesting about what you do is that you're a pro wrestler, which is part art, part science, part um, performance, and part... Uh, just like brutal fucking, I'm going to kick the shit out of you, which is a thing that most other skills or performances don't have. You have a whole plethora of things involved there. So yeah, I have controlled anger with that. That's, that's the way I like it. It's like that violence or that control anger, um, thrown into the mix of it. Um, that, that, that to me is what appealed me to wrestling was that that um, controlled anger, and, mm-hmm. and I guess I, I write along those same lines. That's to me whether I publish something or not. I have to write things, and um, that's that's cathartic for me just to write some stuff. out. otherwise, I'm cussing the whole world. And I don't want to be that person. Well, you <laughs> so, know, Bobby, uh, I, I we are artists. You know, we are. Oh yeah. Well, I've read your first book. And, um, you know, I saw your WCW and a few of your Smoky Mountain wrestling matches, but I didn't see most of what you had done. After you and I had talked last time, I went back and watched your Dan Severin's uh, uh, NWA title match. That yeah, was interesting to me because you, uh, I don't know if it was him or what or the times, but pro wrestling in that match, you try to adopt more of an MMA style. As yeah. a as a storyteller, was that I mean, how much of a conscious decision was it made? Like pro wrestling has to look different now because the 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 world champion is now a MMA fighter, and people are a little more inside business. Can you tell me a little bit about that, or is that something you like to keep more private? No, no, I, I actually you know, and um, um, I just got back from. Uh, uh, Wrestlecade and and uh, Jim Cornette managed for the last time and he managed Dan Severn um, and and it's funny that you should mention that because um, on Sunday of last week at the at the Wrestlecade I was on a panel board for a 25 year reunion of Smoky Mountain Wrestling and I'm gonna send you out a DVD when I send this book out to you so uh, uh, there is a DVD available and I'll, I'll make uh, make sure you get a copy of that. Oh, thank um, you. But to answer your question. It's um, the funny. The funny story was was Jim Cornette walked in the bathroom on me in Johnson, Tennessee, and said, um, "Hey, Bobby, I've got great news. I'm standing there trying to take a piss, and I just told his story last week, so I'm retelling." And he goes, <laughs> "I got you booked next month against uh, actually about six weeks out. He said, I got you booked next month against uh, Dan Severin. I got to stop pissing midstream, and you know how hard that is. That's just hard." And I'm like, what? Do I owe you money? Are you hate me or what? You know, it was, uh, uh, he goes, no, no, it's, it's all good. It's all good. But at that point, Severn had only had 
uh, sitting out, washed my hands, and he said, I'd, I'd rather not shake your hand, but anyway, so so we, we talked about, I said, you know, he understands this is a work, right? We're going to work and do business. He want to do business, or, you know, he just went at UFC like number three or four, whichever one it was, and I was like, oh, you know, if you think my wrestling skills up to that part, you know, he, you know, he conned me into it more or less, uh, saying other what other guys in the car that could work or wrestle and stand. I'm like, well, you know, he's a world class athlete, USC winner. Uh, yeah, I'll wrestle him if he understands this business only, you know. But yeah, that that style because I had I had a good solid foundation in, in my training, so I had confidence in myself. But um, you know, obviously we we worked out the uh, the finish, and I worked with him twice or, or wrestled him twice, and. And in both ends, the first time, um, I don't know which match you saw, but, you know, the first time it was all I could do to keep him off of me. Um, had it been in a cage, it would have been over about 30 seconds probably because he was so aggressive and I, I, he was countering things when I would try to do something to him. But the second time was a couple months later, and I had actually done some training with him. as had some other guys um, in the business, and he was learning the professional style to lighten up and to let guys counter and things you normally wouldn't do in, in wrestling, you know, let someone get behind you and actually do a move to you before you counter and things. So yeah, there was a, there was an art to it. And, um, and, and you, and you try to make it look as realistically as you can. You know, that's why I don't like today's product as much as because, you know, um, not to mock in the guys because they're all great athletes. I just don't like the programming of someone as compared to say, you know, 15, 20 years ago or, you know, 30 years ago when, when wrestling to me was, was still, you know, wrestling, um, if that makes sense. And I mentioned wrestle Kate, that's another great way as an independent author that you can get your word out there is go to different conventions and different shows and, and, uh, book fairs and those type things. Um, I went there to wrestle Kate because I had a, a table, um, set up where it would be nothing but wrestling fans for, you know, the entire weekend, a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And we pretty much could sell all day Saturday at that table. So I had a pretty much, you know, a, an all day, you know, place where professional wrestling fans were going to, you know, be paying to go, you know, for uh, anywhere from a VIP ticket to coming in later in the day um, to get autographed books, DVDs, T-shirts, whatever you're promoting, you know, pictures, photo ops, um, so anytime you have a chance to go out, even if it's a local library, if you can set up, uh, I've done libraries, um, anywhere you can, you know, get out and get the word out about your books and the same thing with the podcast, like you're promoting other people's podcasts. Hopefully, you know, someone says, Hey, this is a, the, this is a really good podcast. You need to take time to look, listen to it. And when they do, they spread the word again through social media, you know, be, be whatever, social media outlet you know again i go back to twitter but you put the word out there hey give us a listen man this is pretty damn good and um that's how you grow your audience and it's the same thing for your books um or your uh i heard this thing one time that if uh we're, we're, we're artists whether it's macaroni art or whether it's um writing a book or art in a wrestling ring uh i'll sum it up really quickly like this if you're walking down a street and you see a street performer and they make you stop you owe them a dollar just Guaranteed, just give them a damn dollar. If they make you stop, if they're really good, give them more. But I'm just saying, and so it's the same thing with that. This is for free. If, it, if it's a chance to retweet someone, again, within your um, ethical system um, or belief system, um, if it's ethically okay for you to uh, promote a certain comic or uh, certain books or a certain project that someone's trying to promote, because um, I don't put any porn on mine. I have I've dealt with a couple people that's uh, 
been a little bit risky, but it's been like, uh, you know, it, it, it's not pornography. It's just uh, sure. like they write erotica type stuff. And it's, it's nothing you probably wouldn't find if you ever read an old penthouse uh, form or uh, Playboy form or something like that. But they put these little books out there and they promote my book. And, um, you know, if the, if the cover doesn't look too risky, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I'll put it out there for them. Um, so it's one of those things that's within your moral compass, um, as long as it fits your, you know, what you're trying to project out there to the people. Um, obviously, I don't want pornography on my uh, Twitter or my social media at all, so I would not do that. But again, um, it's, it's like I said, it's for free. I just, someone retweets your book, and it doesn't cost yeah. you anything. Well, you're you paying it forward for another artist. You know, not not to cut you off there. Let, let me let me address this real quick because people ask me often, like, do you refollow everybody that follows you on Twitter? And for the most part, I do, unless I can't read what you're saying. If it's in a different language and I don't know what it is, I probably won't. And if it's out and out pornography, and you know what, I'm not against porn. I'm actually okay with porn, but I don't want it being promoted on my social media. What are your kind of pros and cons on falling back and promoting other people's social me social media? Well, it's, it's very it's very similar to yours. I'm not against porn. Um, you know, I think it's, it's a good outlet for a single man at times. Sure. Um, so uh, um, I don't promote it, though, you know, on my, on my Twitter account. You know, I, and I'm sitting here just being, you know, straight, honest answer with you. I, I just don't promote it, but uh, I enjoy it. Uh, just like probably a lot of other people don't want to even admit it. But anyway, um, the uh, I follow back everyone I can. Um, I I don't I, I do grow my my group. Of, I, I usually get people from all walks of life, but most of them are either authors or into professional wrestling or or um, art of some type. Uh, but as far as the foreign language goes, um, you know I know I have like some Japanese people. Um, I know I have some uh, Indonesian people and some different people like that. And I'm like, like I don't know if if they're what they're really saying. If, if it's wrestling related, it's easy to tell if they put a picture up there or something. So that's that's a, a graphic. So that's easy. But now I had one person. This guy just kept uh, retweet me all the time. And he had like this Americanized name, but I looked at the um, the, the face and and I'm looking at it in his language and translate it. It's like some kind of a uh, uh, almost like a pirate type, uh, Somalian type war type stuff, you know. And I'm like, man, I can't retweet anything this guy puts, just because he retweets for me, and I don't even know the guy and where he's from. Like I said, I use uh, like a Somalian pirate look uh, to to just kind of put it out there like that. And I'm looking at it, and it looks like it's very violent type stuff. And I'm like, man, dude, you can retweet me all you want, because I don't think I'll sell one book. But I'm definitely not going to put anything promoting violence on my, you know, I don't I don't want that. Um, so I draw the line, I guess, that just um, I'll follow everyone back that I can. Uh, I, I'll block someone if they have something smart-ass to say or they put down someone else, because I think if you're just trying to do your very best in whatever business you're in, if you have the balls or the guts to take the initiative to do something like write a book or do macaroni art or do a street performance or become a professional wrestler or do you, if you're a UFC fighter, you know, I just – if, just like the NBA or any other sport, the last person on the bench in the NBA can beat anyone else on the street because they're that good. Same thing with Major League Baseball. There's guys in AAA 
that just haven't got moved up yet. You know, it's in, in the NFL, the, the 40th player could be just as good, if not better, than some of the other players that don't get the start sometimes. You know, sure. so it's all related to sports. Um, some books are better than others that I've read, but I've left a decent review for them. I had a, um, going to the reviews, they're very important. I had a three-star review, and I read it. And I thought, man, I, I read this review, and I would have bought the damn book myself. I said, that's a five-star review. And, and I, I looked, at, and I reread it, and I went to this person. I didn't know them. They had reviewed four products, and all three products, other than my book, got three-star reviews. And I read the review, and I'd be damned. One of them was another book. One of them was, I can't remember. And one of them was a Black & Decker um, uh, handheld $20 blender from uh, Walmart. And he, he wrote this great write-up review about it, but only left three stars. So of the four products, he left three-star reviews, but the actual write-ups were so good. I was like, damn, I want to run out and buy this blender, you know. And I'd already read the other book. It was actually Bret Hart's book. I'd already read it. I can't remember the other book. But it's, <laughs> so it's important to me, you know, to get those reviews, but it's not necessarily to get I appreciate any review. But when someone, you know, he, he just had a hard uh, – curb, I guess, for, for reviewing, you know, materials he purchased on Amazon. And I respect that. I totally respect any um, uh, reviews I get. And uh, But if someone just goes on Twitter and starts trashing someone, I guess what I was getting back to is I'll just go ahead and just unfollow them or, or block them, you know. I don't, yeah. I don't want a lot, I don't want any negativity on my Twitter uh, if, I, if I don't have to because I see it too much in other um, Facebook to me. I see too much personalized stuff that I just like, okay, I won't follow, I'll, I won't follow them. I may like them as friends or something, but I won't follow what they post that they, they put this stuff that I don't want to see. I don't want to see, you know, certain things on there. So, um, and, and I try to keep at the people that, um, I keep that completely different. I'll post once or twice, uh, maybe about rest. Cause I found out even when I put stuff about my family on there, a couple of times, like, I don't get anything back. But if I put something wrestling related, eh, I get people, you know, hey, they start a conversation with you, you know. So uh, on Twitter, I'm not looking, on Facebook, I'm not looking to, to, to do all the big conversation, if you will. Whereas Twitter, you just get on there and you're bam and you read it and you, I get excited, you know. It's like uh, winning the lottery, you know. You just like, okay, man, I got a new friend today. Uh, oh, they retweet for me, and I retweet for them, and that's I looked at as a winner, you know. That's the kind of people I like to follow back because they're promoting me, and I'm promoting them, and other yeah. people as well that you may not even come in contact with, but you at least could acknowledge, hey, um, you know, I heard this guy on the radio today. Give a listen or a podcast, excuse me, um, and, and or I read his book. You you ought to. Here's a, I'm gonna leave him a review, or um, I'm gonna retweet his book out that I that I read it. You know, um, I, I wrote the author this morning um, when I purchased this guy's book. Um, he's out of South Florida, and I wrote him and said, "Hey, I just want to let you know I I knew about a couple of these stories from way back in 1992. I'd read these newsletters, and uh, I knew the three interviews were going to be included in the book. And I went to those first just to refresh my memory. But I, I wrote a little note and I said, "Hey, I want to know I download your book today, and I started from the back." And I'm looking forward to this evening reading, you know, from the front because um, it's just it's, it's basically a bunch of interviews. You can start at any one of it. When the book you have to read from, you know, first page to last kind of thing. But um, long story short, what I'm getting at is, is I, I wrote him a little note. Hey, man, I bought your book, and, um, and I'm sure he appreciated it, you know. And um, I don't ask for anything in return for that. Um, you know, it's just like doing a podcast. Why ask for anything in return? Because 
um, you're getting your you're getting your message out there. It's just like I thought about the conventions or the library or Twitter. When anytime you have an opportunity to get your book, get your art out there, you do it. You know, um, again, it goes back to being an artist. Um, you're creative, so sometimes you have to think outside the box. And sometimes you gotta realize, you know what? There's not even a damn box in sight. So just try this. That's all you can do is try it. But I, and that's one thing I do is I learn from other authors too. I watch their accounts, and I'm like, oh, what if I tried this, you know? Um, and, I, you know, I hear about different people doing different things, and you're like, you know what? That made a good um, – an e-book is different than a, than a print copy book, you know? If, if you get the first 10% free and you open it, you know, you want that first 10% to jump out. You're like, damn, I want to read this whole book. I learned it after my first one. So I put all my acknowledgments and stuff in my second book in the back because that takes up a full damn page when you're acknowledging this and acknowledging that. Now, That's let, just a simple little thing, you know. Let me ask you, have, have you found an increase in sales because you have done a bonus chapter that people can get cheap or free? Have you seen that in, impact sales in some way? Um, You know, I... I can't give you an honest answer on that because I don't have an honest answer. Sure. Um, I think it helped my second book, but um, I wrote my second book to help sales of my first book. No, no, no. And and I understand how (laughs) that that works, yeah. That's kind of what I did. Um, But um, to answer your question, uh, I think if you liked liked the way I write um, and and you like a little bit of humor – then you open my book, you get that first 10% of the second book. You're like, I'll go ahead and purchase this because I can see it's outside the spectrum of pro wrestling. And, it, and a guy could tell a pretty good story as, 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 um, that whether it's not an in memory of, or a, uh, um, acknowledgements, those type things. So I think, yeah, I do. I do save myself several pages at the beginning. Um, you know, you, of uh, uh, 10 of 200, you know, pages, you get, you know, 20 pages free. Well, you know, you, you want that first story to really pop them. So I think I did that because it actually ends. I, I went on and looked at where it ends at. It ends at a really good place that says, okay, I can see it's, an, it's more about life in general and life after wrestling than, than, than actually about wrestling. So, um, like I said, it's, it's the educational wrestler. Um, and I kicked that on too, because what I'm doing now is this, like I went to that convention last week, we're having this podcast today about mm-hmm. books. I'm willing to learn from other authors and especially self-published authors, um, and myself, cause I try to learn every day. But the thing is, is like, um, the titles I kicked out on too, for a reason, because at this point in my life, the wrestling business used me, you know, for 15, 20 years. So I'm at the age now where I'm finally learned the lesson of I'm using the wrestling business to my benefit. I don't say it negative that the wrestling business used me. It's just the bottom line is, you know, um, when they're done with it, you're done with it. And when your body is done, your body is done. And my body is shot. That's my, my biggest issue is, uh, you know, just having my body like fucked sure. up as a can of fishing worms. Okay. Let's just say that. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's one of the things I old country boy saying your body's more fucked up than a can of fishing worms. Sometimes my brain is, but, uh, I'm not <laughs> drinking tonight, So it's not, but anyway, the bottom line on that is, um, is I, I try to use the business now instead of letting the business use me. You know, if I can go out and scout some young talent, I do. If I go to a show, uh, I, I, I help promote someone else's show, 
or uh, can get some publicity out to uh, say, hey, there's a school over here where there's some guys training each Sunday. Um, I do that. You know, if I go to a convention, I get invited to a convention. I do that. Um, get invited to do a podcast involving uh, whether it be books or um, geeky stuff or uh, uh, pro wrestling or even a concert, you know, it might be coming that I might be interested in or I know people will be. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, what a big arena uh, concerts or stadium concerts, something maybe where, you know, just a local band is trying to, to do something, you know, and I, I live in a small area. But, hell, there's enough people that follow me like, you know, I didn't know about that. I'm glad I saw that. So, uh, you know, you're just promoting other artists, man. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, and one of the things I want to talk about real quick here is you had WrestleCade when we record this, uh, it'll be two weeks later when I publish it, but right now we're talking on December 3rd, but you just did WrestleCade last weekend and you get yeah. to work the, you get to work a table and do things. One of the things I kind of want to focus on, you know, in our last few minutes here is you're a pro wrestler who has now written books, but often when I go to comic conventions and other conventions is there are people there who have things that may or may not be related to, you know, they have a fiction story, they're at a comic convention, but you know what, maybe go ahead and do a show that's local, even if it's not your genre. Would you say that's pretty cool too, or what What are your thoughts? Um. Oh, man, that's a tough question. Only because um, for I went to um, WrestleCade that had to be wrestling-related. Um, it was mm -hmm. all that genre, you know, yeah. all professional wrestling. I went to a uh, Lexicon, which is in Lexington, Kentucky, um, which is, is now becoming really huge over here in this state. It's nowhere big as the, some of the Comic-Cons, but it's a Comic-Con and toy convention. And uh, they had a row of wrestler wrestlers row about ten different wrestlers, and I, I got to go down there for that. So, um, you know, I I think you know what it's one of those things thinking outside the box, man. You might have something there that um, you know when you set up a table. Um, I don't. I, it could go either way. You may you know depends on what you pay for a table, or if you're an invited guest, or how far it is away, and those type of things. I think all the bottom line on that is uh, if it's going to benefit you to get your um, word of mouth or get your uh, art out there, um, sometimes you just got to take a risk and do it. And if it's outside your genre, uh, life is about risk, man. There's no guarantees for anyone. Opportunities you know, pass us by every day. Yeah. So you know, Bobby, opportunity. I think what I was gonna, what I was thinking there, and maybe I missed it, was gamble on yourself. If it's not going to break your bank to go ahead and get a table, fucking try it, man. Try. Well, Just get your book. And, yeah. I told and, the guy, I go and play lottery every day. I play pick threes and pick fours. At one of the stores I buy one at, the guy had been gone, the manager, has become my friend the last couple of years. I knew the previous manager. Uh, I shop there regular, so I buy a lottery there. Well, it's just a couple blocks from my home. And the bottom line on that, I missed this guy. I come in the other day. He says, hey, Bobby, how are you? How'd you do at uh, the wrestle? And he's a wrestling fan. He's, he said, how'd you do at wrestle, Kate? And I said, you know, I did all right, but here's the thing. And we talked and in great detail. And, my, and I knew it beforehand. I told my brother. I told my best friend. I'm telling you, because you just now told me basically what I told this guy. His name is Andy. And I said, hey, Andy. I said, here's the deal. I said, man, anytime you do something like that, I said, you're gambling on yourself. And I said, that's all I did. I took a gamble on myself. I'm, I'm, I'm playing the odds 
that what I've got invested in books, T-shirts, DVDs, and pictures, that I'm going to be able to go down there. Uh, when I say go down there, I was in North Carolina. Um, but um, uh, so it was about four and a half hour drive. That's as long as I've driven for a long time. Um, I had I, I generally keep my stuff within about a one and a half, two hour radius from my home. Um, that's just for health purposes and health reasons. I just don't like long ass drives anymore. <laughs> but uh, I'm not opposed if I have a driver. But um, anyway, my point is, is, is you're gambling on yourself. And if you can cover your expenses, your hotel, your, your table, or your trans, or whatever you need, then um, you know what? It's worth getting the word out there because you're just, you're just taking, you're making a bet. You're saying, you know what? I bet I can make some money on this, or I bet I at least get my tech um, name out there, uh, uh, my art out there in front of other people that generally would not see it. Because you can't do it sitting in a living room chair, you know, all day, um, kept in there that that you and I might call art, and it may be the greatest art, the greatest book in the world, or whatever. But if you don't go out and promote it, not a damn soul is going to know about it. So you might as well take a chance on yourself and bet it on. And it's kind of like at the end, you know. Sadly enough. No one here gets out alive. It's all a big ass gamble anyway. You might as well take the risk. Yeah, and that, that's you know what. My son last week had to drive our grandson back to Southern California. We're talking like an hour, eight hour drive, right? Mm. He got about halfway and his tire got wonky, and he's he's divorced from the mother of his child and called them and said, "Hey, I don't want to risk this. Come get the kid. We'll meet halfway." He went and played guitar for eight hours that night, got enough money to buy a tank full of gas and a new tire the next morning and drove home. I've never right heard, on. man, that is some balls right there, isn't it? That is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd be fucking stranded on the side of the road. So I'd still be down there and say, what the fuck am I going to do? Yep. So he went out and played guitar. He made enough money for gas and a tire. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's ballsy, man. Yeah, that's some shit right there. Like, I, I want to like be like, God damn it, you should have thought more about it. But at the same time, I had to be like, well, God damn, son, you really made that work. So, you know, what can I say? Yeah, no, that's, hey, that's that's ballsy. You're right, man. That, that's thinking outside the box right there. You didn't, maybe you panic, maybe you don't. But the bottom line is he came up with a fucking solution right there. Boom, this is what I need to do. And he yeah. does it. That's pretty cool. So and um, it has the talent to do it. See, that's the other thing. It took, he, he he expressed his art. He played the guitar, and made some damn money. You know, and yeah. that's what it took. Yeah, so that's, that's thinking. You know, that's thinking, you know? and that's something we we all don't have. But maybe we all should try a little harder to have an artistic side. Maybe. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. um, I, I feel like we all have a gift. Um, and whether you are creative or artistic or, or willing to try it, again, it goes back to that risk. You know, you have to have a little bit of uh, self-confidence and say, fuck it, I'm going to give it a try and, and see what happens. I mean, that's just the bottom line is you have to take a risk. Otherwise, you're you're, you're going to sit there and what are you going to do, you know? Yeah. Have a room full of uh, something no one knows about. Yeah. Like promoting a wrestling show or promoting a, a rock concert or, or um, you know, the same thing with that. You could have the biggest band in the world coming right in your backyard, 
and um, we're the biggest wrestling show coming. And if you don't get out and put out some fucking publicity on either radio, TV, uh, you know, social media, newspaper, whatever it is, you posters, you better get some publicity out there, or you know, no one's going to show up. Yeah. And um, so that's what you up yourself. You're marking yourself. Otherwise, that's what I do with Twitter. We're marking ourselves on Twitter uh, through the podcast and, and through your through your Twitter handler, handle that, you know, hey, give us a listen, give it a try, because otherwise, if you don't, you're sitting in your living room talking to yourself or in your podcast room, your stereo, uh, or your studio, rather. And I listen to a lot of podcasts throughout the week. I have some of my very, very favorites. So I always try to give everyone a listen when I can. And, and um, hell, man, uh, if, if, if it wasn't for that Twitter, I wouldn't even know about them. So I find I've met you through them, and I feel like I've met a friend, and um uh, I'd much rather meet a friend than a foe and uh, someone you can uh, you know, help pay it forward with and, and be a part of something, you know, that's uh, always growing. You know, we're always growing uh, and always trying to learn. So um, Sure. Uh, well, well, you know, Bobby, you know. We're, we're running out of time, but let's do sure. this real quick because you have quite the Twitter following. And so for an author who maybe hasn't, hasn't established an audience or a network like you have, but I know you know some Twitter handles and some people to talk to and things that independent authors can do to help each other out. So say me, Jeremy, I just wrote a book. I go, hey, Bobby Blaze, what can I do to get some eyeballs on my Twitter account? What can I do? Give me some advice. Give me some ideas of what we can do. Um, there's ways you can check hashtags, and you always look at there's – um. Uh, use a hashtag that that's you know for writers, authors, um, iArt, you know whatever the ha- hashtag may be. Use, every hashtag is worth about five uh, five different uh, retweets. So always use hashtags because someone out there will read those hashtags. Um, follow, get your tribe in the right direction. Try to follow a um, a solid base in your field. That's for sure. Um, whether it be authors or whether it be wrestlers or rather podcasts. And, and that's what mine is, is, is wrestling, uh, books and authors, podcasts, and positivity. That's the things I look for in mine. Uh, so get you a general uh, genre, if you will, whether it be comics or, or background of your art or whatever. Get you a solid foundation in that. Um, and I look for really good accounts that um, – that I make acquaintances like this podcast, for an example, that does a follow Friday list. You know, um, I have another one. Of, I'll go ahead and promote it. It's Mr. Salesman. It's not me. It's a gentleman I met in Houston. That's a at Mr. Salesman. That's a hell of an account to follow just to get ideas from. But I've done some consulting work with that person. And uh, so I guess I am kind of promoting their, their, their uh, handle um, on Twitter because they've taught me a lot because I've done some consulting uh, uh via Twitter. And that's the thing, concentrate on one social network at a time too. Get your Twitter platform built up, then maybe do your Instagram platform, then go back to your Facebook, you know, and all these all these platforms I'm speaking about. Now of course uh, some of them Facebook, you know, they're kinda maybe want you to pay some money and buy some ads and stuff like that. Don't be don't be adverse to that either. Spend a little money to make a little money sometimes. But um yeah, I think following the right people um, and, and getting the message out there is the main thing on that. Um, and, I, and again, Twitter is my platform right now. 
And I, I started off with, uh, I couldn't, you have to get past 2,000 people. That's the key. Once you get past 2,000 followers, it goes up 10%. Uh, so, you know, for you get um, you get to follow 2,200 people. And then after that, it just keeps going up and you just keep increasing. And you hope most of those people are at least, it's a numbers game. You get 100 people, you hope 10 of those people will retweet for you. And you hope one of them, out of that retweet, someone, one person will buy a product. And obviously, the, if you have a thousand, you base it off of that. A hundred of them is going to retweet for you. Ten of them is going to buy it. You go ten thousand. So you got to the next goal, break a hundred thousand. And there's a great book called How to Gain a Hundred Thousand uh, Followers on Twitter. And uh, I consulted with the person that wrote that book. So that's the key. And I'm not, you know, just again, I've just promoted her book basically. I'm not saying to run out and buy it. It's an ebook. It's available. But it sure as hell teach you a lot about Twitter that you have a lot of uh, questions for that you can convert over to uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. But it's mostly about Twitter and about getting the right hashtags and building up your tribe of people. And, um, you know, that's why I have, a, I have a pretty good little podcast tribe I try to follow. I have a book tribe I try to follow of authors and books and, uh, and some pro wrestlers I'm linked with that I, I retweet for them. And you keep it right in, in your, you know, Again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. Whatever works for you ethically, if you don't have a problem reposting or retweeting for that, then retweet them, uh, favor them, uh, you know, share it, pay it forward. That's the that's number one thing. And sometimes, you know what? If you get a thank you, you get nothing in return. It doesn't it doesn't matter because you're doing it without expecting anything in return. You know, if you send out a hundred tweets that day and you don't sell one book. It's no big deal. You've helped someone else. Maybe they sold ten books, and that's just paying it forward, man. That'll come back to you. It's what you yeah. throw out there. That's kind of that thing that I talk about. I try to be a promoter. My goal is to help, and you know, obviously, you have a wider network than I do. But my goal is to try to help people who haven't heard of Bobby Blaze and his book hear about something. My goal is to help Valente. This is a shout out to you, Valente Ochoa, in his comic book. Get out there to people who haven't heard about it. Don't focus on you all the time. Is kind of my feeling. What do you think about that? On, I, I agree with you. Here's the thing: you want to do about twenty to twenty-five tweets for other people and promote other people before you throw your own out there. You can retweet what someone else may have tweeted for you, um, but you know, for the most part, I don't sit there and sit there and write a tweet every day concerning my book. You know, I'll do like 20 other or 25 other tweets for someone else. That's the whole paying it forward type thing. And and that's the here's the thing. I've, I've heard this saying before, and it really makes sense. It, it, it's kind of like a, in Twitter, in Twitter world, it, it's when you're when you're helping promote someone else's like yes, I don't. It, it doesn't cost anything, but let's say it did. Let's say it costed money to to send out a tweet okay well here's my outlook on that and that's this i don't want to give till it hurts i want to give till it helps so i'm gonna still fucking retweet for people until it helps someone because eventually it's like the old zig ziglar saying is if you help enough people get what they want you'll eventually get what you want so out of all those retweets for someone else and helping them promote their stuff you know one day that'll come back. Someone had a blue a retweet for you. They say, "Holy shit, this guy's a wrestling fan, and he's following me. And he's a wrestler. He promote. He's promoting a book. I want to buy that damn book." And they may have never ever heard of me, 
or the geekish podcast or the geekish cast rather, you know. So you that's the thing. You're exposing yourself and exposing others to something they've never been exposed to before, whether it's a comic or a uh uh podcast or a book or an artist, a musician or whatever. Um just pay it forward, man, because it's what you put out there. I, I totally agree. All right, Bobby, we are out of time. So if people want to find out more about what you're doing, where can they check out Bobby Blaze, Bobby Blaze Smedley? Give us some links, buddy. Okay, well, best links are at Twitter, at Bobby Blaze 744. Seven was my football number, 44 was my basketball number. So that's my lottery number. It's Bobby Blaze 744 on Twitter and Instagram. It's Bobby Blaze Medley on Facebook. Uh, if you want to uh, add me as a friend, please feel free to tell them that you heard. Tell me that you heard about me on the uh, Geekish podcast. And um, if you want, you know, retweet it to join a retweet train. You know, like we do on Fridays, man. Retweet each other and uh, get a get a part of that. You know, start your little retweet train. What I call it is. Uh, and so follow me at Bobby Blaze 744 on Twitter and Instagram and Bobby Blaze Smedley on uh, Facebook. Send me a direct message uh, if you're interested in autographed copies of my books. Uh, I have DVDs and T-shirts as well, and the same thing on Facebook. But just make sure you let me know that you're on the uh, that you heard me on the Geekish podcast, so I know we're getting the word out there. Because I'm gonna take care of my man Jeremy here. We get off the line here. I'm gonna send him a book and a DVD. Uh, just for having me on the show and for being a good dude, man. And uh, that's what it's all about. So follow me, like it, share it, retweet it, do whatever the fuck you want with it, but have fun with it. And always remember, pay it forward because good things will happen to good people. And don't give till it hurts. Give till it helps, man. That's you know, it. let's 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 do this for shits and giggles, Bobby. Over the next couple weeks, let's try to make a hashtag out of give till it helps. Give till it helps. That's it. Let's let's okay, try that. Let's, Hashtag yeah. give till it helps. Let's see. Let's see what right we can do. Yeah. Let's see what we give can do. If you if you make a comic book, if you do a web series, if you do a podcast, shit. You know what? If you're an indie pro wrestler, let's see what we can do as independent artists to help each other get the word out. Give till it give helps. Give till it helps. There we let's, go. Let's make that a 2018 goal. Let's make that a thing we all try to do for each other. That'd be fun. Let's keep doing that. That will. Let's do it. Let's do it from now to the first year and see what happens. Yeah. If that it doesn't do anything. Today's December 3rd. That'll give us, what, 20-some-odd uh, days? Yeah. Uh, so, hell, let's do it. Every day, send out a tweet using that hashtag. Give till it helps. All right, so that's it. That's episode number 170 with Bobby Blaze. I appreciate him putting up with my uh, wandering method of speaking in this episode and my slurriness as I talked. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody for hanging in there. And, uh, you know, if, if you need to say something to me, feel free to tweet me at the Geekish Cast or you can email me at thegeekishcast at gmail.com. Yeah, so next time I'll make sure I don't go to brunch within hours of giving an interview. Bye-bye, everybody.